Frequency.fm presents the Amped Interview. Hey, good evening, folks. It is uh, Monday at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I point that out because as we were scheduling this particular interview, we got Greenwich Mean Time confused with Pacific Standard Time. So <laughs> now now we all know what time it is. Um, and uh, it's my great pleasure to uh, welcome back singer-songwriter Stacey Frenis, um, we talked to her earlier this year and we talked to her last year, but her latest album, Unpassed Waters, Undreamed Shores, hits the shelves Friday, December 16th, just a few days away. And the pressure is on me to make sure that this interview gets out in time. So this actually is meaningful to people. But Stacey, welcome back to uh, the interview. Thank you. It's good to be back. I have to say, um, I'm excited about the album. I've listened to it. I've already told you I've listened to it three times. So I keep track of these things. Awesome. One of the things I just wanted to throw out at you uh, right out of the gate is I think it's the perfect time of year to release this album because there's something so hopeful and upbeat about it without mm. shying away from the realities of the difficulty of life. It's the, it's just the perfect album from my perspective for this season. So thank you for that. Oh, that's great. I love to hear that. Thanks. Probably should have saved that for later, but uh, you know, I, I can't hold these things back. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I, yeah, like I said, I've listened to the album and I love it. But what I wanted to do is give you a little space to introduce the album because there's, it's not necessarily a concept album, but there's very definitely uh, a theme to it. Could you tell us about that? Sure. Um, it, definitely the theme is change. And, um, you know, the, the kind of the driving metaphor throughout most of the songs is water. Um, moving waters, you know, rivers, uh, shores. Um, and so the, the idea is kind of, uh, that our lives are in constant motion and that our lives resemble the human experience is kind of like a river that sort of moves from a source to a destination. And along the way it changes, it grows, it widens, it deepens. Um, it goes through various passages and changes and transformations, um, along its journey. And I, I, I have a metaphor for, um, uh, life and it, it just resonated so deeply with me about, about a year ago when I first had the idea for the very first song. And so that's, yeah, that's kind of been the, the, the vision. I feel like the vision was cast and then I just kind of followed it, you know, for this record. It's definitely there. And it's, it's not, it doesn't hit you over the head with a hammer, but if you'll excuse the pun, there's, there's an anchor there throughout where you feel there are these little references that kind of keep you tied to that metaphor throughout. Yeah. Um, just little hints in, in songs here and there, whether it's the, the, the song, the name of the song lighthouse, the reference to lighthouse and some of the other songs, mm -hmm. um, the, uh, and then you come back and you, um, you revisit that theme of the undreamed shores. You know, it starts out with that as the, the lead song undreamed shores, but then you have the bookend of anything can happen. Um, which mm -hmm. revisits that theme. And so it keeps you very much centered uh, on that metaphor. So um, when we talked earlier this year, I think that was April. Is that right? Because this was a Kickstarter that started in April. Yeah, that sounds right. Gosh, this year has gone fast and um, I'm glad it's almost over. <laughs> I know that there were, um, there were some pretty significant life events that inspired some of the songs, uh, a lot of the songs that are on here, is we're discussing the topic of change. And I wondered if you wouldn't mind taking a, a moment to just share that with the audience. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, big, big, big life changes. I feel like over the last five to seven years or so have, have really um, definitely informed the songs on this record. 
um, about seven years ago now, we our family went through what maybe many families experienced in the housing market crash. Um, our county in California, Northern California, was hit pretty hard, and we ended up losing um, our home. And um, you know, it was kind of a it, well, it was it was traumatic. It, it I, I didn't think of myself as like a, um, a particularly, um, you know, a person who relied on things and stuff and houses and, you know, materials to make me happy. But something about losing one's home is it feels I went through kind of a whole gamut, you know, despair and shame and um, guilt, thinking we did something wrong and and then, and then I think at the core is kind of that question we all ask ourselves when we go through something really, really difficult is that, God, where were you? God, where are you? That, that despair, that doubt, that um, kind of real deep sense of um, a shaking of our faith is, you know, what I've just realized and come to um, understand as I get older is really very much a part of the human experience. I mean, if you don't doubt, if you don't have those times where you question God, then um, I don't think you're being particularly honest with yourself. You know, I mean, there are just those things that def that kind of um, refine us. Um, you know, I think scripture itself points to such a, a process, you know, of becoming mature and becoming complete as, as human beings and as believers that, we sort of want to gloss, we want to gloss over that sense of process. And it hurts, yeah. you know, it hurts to lose your house. It hurts, you know, it, another experience that was deeply difficult and hard for our family was uh, we lost my dad and my brother within a year and a half of each other. And I don't have a big family. And um, so, and we're very close. And so it's like half felt like sort of half our family had passed and died. And, it um, around the same time, our kids were kind of um, experimenting with leaving the house as kind of like possible empty nesters. I mean, they haven't left yet. They actually ended up coming back, which is another change. But all like that all kind of happened around the same two or three years. And it it's very um, disorienting. You don't know where to stand. You don't, you know, you think, oh, here's my role. My role is a mom. My role is to be a professional person at this job. My role is to be a homemaker. My role is to be, um, you know, whatever you think of yourself and define yourself as, um, what if that rug gets pulled out from under your feet, you know? Um, what do you do when you experience these, these huge life changes that kind of redefine your whole persona? That's, I think, what this record's about, is, is a lot of those really big uh, changes that can feel scary and painful and hard, but in the, in the long run, the, they are the things that teach us the most deeply beautiful um, and lasting gifts and, and um, lessons in our lives. I think one of the songs that says that probably as well as any on the album and it's a, it's a dead center. And it's the, the fifth song is called is storms that really, it may seem like an odd thing on the outset, the idea that, Hey, um, I, I wish you storms, mm -hmm. you know, that, uh, is the, the chorus says, but it's, as you just spoke about the idea that it's not all sunshine and roses. And if it is, then when something bad hits, you 
you're not going to know how to deal with yeah. that unless you have these. Yep. That, that song was specifically for both of my kids. Um, it's a song oh. that's difficult as a, as a mom, uh, you know, as a parent to, to like say to your kids, well, I, you know, because the first line of the song is that everybody wishes you the sunshine. Like it's some kind of wonder drug, like, Oh, happy days, happy sky, blue skies. Um, and yeah. we want that for the ones we love. We really do. Um, but even more than that, we want them to be people who are resilient and we want them to be people who can adapt and we want them to be people who have deep roots. And the only, like you said, the only way to develop those skills of adaptation and endurance and, um, you know, patience and perseverance and long suffering and, you know, mercy and forgiveness, like all those things, the fruits of the spirit really, are, you know, we develop those things through fire and through, through trial. And, um, so as much as I hate to wish storms on my children, um, I really do like if things just go easily for them, they're going to be like hard to live with. <laughs> they won't be good people. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I want them to be good people and I, and I want them to be people who understand, um, pain and hardship and, and who can empathize and who can savor good things in life. And I think we learn pain, you know, I, I know that when my dad died and, uh, I, there were some things that, that came after his death that took a long time to develop in me. But one of those was really the ability to, to weep with those who weep, you know, to, yeah. to really truly feel another person's pain. You have to walk through pain yourself. And, um, how do we experience that and that empathy without the storm, you know, um, that song, you know, that I have to tell you just from a logistical standpoint, that song went through the most iterations and, and the most like sort of demos over and over and over until we got it right. Because, you know, it's one of those songs that like starts out kind of, you don't know where it's going to go. It, it feels a little bit lighthearted, but then it just gets epic like the strings come in and the yeah you know the 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 background vocals and there's even like some 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 effects that you, you know if you listen a couple of times you can almost hear sort of like the the waves crashing on those choruses and um you know it, it, it's a dramatic song but i have to tell you like the the album is so brand new that not very many people have heard it but almost everyone who's heard it says without a doubt storms is their favorite track because there's something about it that just kind of says, ooh, ooh, ouch, that's hard to hear, but ooh, yeah, that's good to hear, you know? Everybody wishes you the sunshine Like it's magic, some kind of wonder drug And everybody wishes you more blue skies Like being happy is good enough my love, I wish you more I wish you storms Beautiful storms The kind that break you And make you more tender than before Storms That's a message that really resonates and you know, you're talking about the iterations the song went through. Mm -hmm. As I listened to it, the uh, the first thing musically that grabbed me and is the 
it's that two four beat, a little bit of a, kind of a reggae feel at the beginning, which is kind of playful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then you you hit that dramatic chorus, and you're well, where'd that come from? Right. Uh, unexpected, but that's the message is unexpected, right? It's, yeah, it's it's countercultural. Yes. yes, yes, and I think that's kind of how we were trying to approach the song. Is just kind of like that's what it feels like when you sort of get blindsided by a tragedy or you know the the, the loss of a loved one or or, or a relationship a breakup or um lot you, know, you lose your job or you suddenly there's just this shift this change and and um you do feel blindsided you know i i read a book um after i wrote the song called how to survive a shipwreck by jonathan martin uh, oh, i don't know that he's a pastor in um he's a pastor in tulsa oklahoma and uh of a but but he experienced some a very deeply um personal shipwreck of sorts and uh involving his marriage and his ministry and he wrote this book that was so raw and beautiful and poetic and and uh, and like i it was one of those surreal experiences because i had already written the song we were already tracking the album and i was reading this book and i kid you not joe there were actual lines from his book that were like lyrics in that song storms or they were alternate lyrics that i had you know that i had worked with in the song and like i felt like that book was was sort of like um unpacking and saying everything that that song said in kind of a short three three minute period the book was saying chapter by chapter by chapter it was so affirming to this this um the message that i've been like i've been telling people about that book every time i talk about my album because it um, it feels like a companion book to this record, even though I don't know him and he doesn't know me. But it's one of those like, wow, you were you were like working on a parallel work of art while I was working on this thing, too. You know, <laughs> well, now I'm going to have to uh, well, I've looked up the book. I'm going to share the link to the book, if you don't mind, along with yeah. the uh, the interview. And maybe I'll have to see if I can get a hold of Jonathan and oh, man. And yeah. Chat with him about it. Of course, then I'll have to read the book. But then the fact that you've shared the book and that you enjoyed it so much means that I need to read the book. So It's so, so good. Yep. Well, now we were, we were talking about music, and I'm going to shift on you a little bit, but um, Nate Saban's back producing this, right? Yeah, yep. I worked with Nate again. Um, he's produced my last couple of records, as well as um, records by Sarah Groves and Jason Gray. Um, trying to think of other folks. Yeah, he's huge talent. He's in Minneapolis, or St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I noticed in some of the videos that you shared that there was occasionally little bits of tension there uh, <laughs> creatively. So is that um, something where you want to go a direction, he wants to go a direction, and you sharpen each other and you come out with a song like Storms? Yeah, very much so. I mean, yes, we our sensibilities, just our basic personalities are really different. Um, you know, he... One of the first times I worked with him, we had this great conversation about music, and he had this deep-held belief that that a that a song, really any work of art, but a song, already exists in the universe. Like the idea comes to you, but but like you just sort of get the tip of the iceberg, and so it's up to you to like find that song. Once the idea comes to you, it already exists in its pure form somehow in the universe. And so then, as a musician, a producer, a songwriter, you know. It's our job to like, to sort of chisel it out, you know, to find it, to find the perfect melody and the lyric that says what that song 
song, I should say. And um, it was really a lovely and very defining concept for me to, to think about um, and to kind of let go of some of that sense of, I have to work so hard at this to get, get it right, because I really have experienced with Nate um, times when we're writing together and the song, a song like Storms, you know, which we, we did work on together, um, comes about in, in the most kind of organic, kind of beautiful, unassuming way. It just sort of like slips it through the door. I mean, we worked hard on it, but at the same time, when it's right, it's like a gift. You know it's right, and you know that that's the right way. We should have sung that chorus. I had a different chorus, and um, it was much more wordy, and it wasn't as sort of dramatic. And I think he heard a lot of the orchestration, and he heard some of the the other elements of the production as we were writing it, which helped to kind of carve out that carve out some space in that chorus for like the big crashes and the you know the storm hits basically in that chorus and that's one of the beauties i think of working with someone who hears different things than you hear you know and um and that, that's definitely nate you know i think you've got a good partnership creatively when the other person doesn't just say yes but challenges you i think that's where you get yeah. some of the, the the best work it's evidenced all over the place but it's something that I, something I personally as an artist have to get over and, and have gotten better at, but is the idea that if you're going to share with somebody, you're going to collaborate with somebody, you need to be prepared for them to say, that's not working. Let's see if we can make it better. Yep. Um, and not take that as a, a personal affront, but to take that as a, this person wants to, wants to improve this. We do. We really do. Um, you know, it, I think one of the beauties of working with a a producer on multiple albums is that while they obviously they appreciate your your ability to grow and want to grow you know want you to grow and change and evolve as an artist but they also kind of know they know who you are they know where you've come from they know what you're coming out of they um know what your strengths and weaknesses are as an artist um and they don't pull punches you know i mean like with nate it, it wasn't like he there's no part of him that kind of does that thing where he calls it in or accepts um, accepts anything less than really the best possible options for for each song. And you know, we we would sort of go, we would lock horns at times, you know. Over, I mean, I thought I want. There was a couple songs where I thought the keys should be two or three um, steps higher, and he was saying, no, you know, your voice sounds much more relaxed when you sing lower. And I was disagreeing with him vehemently. Like I was like, no, it, it sounds terrible low. I sound like a guy or I sound like, <laughs> you know, it doesn't sound like the intensity is there. And he's like, trust me on this day. It, your voice just sounds much more like you're comfortable with the song when you sing it in this key. You know, um, one of them was the title track Undream Shores. I had that like three or four steps higher and thought that's how it had to be. And now when I listen to it, it, it sounds fine. It sounds great. I'm happy with it. Uh, but at the time, it sounded really weird to me to sing it lower, you know? Uh, He's right, was... though. He's <laughs> right. Relaxed is the right word. Because mm. you. it's like you are walking into a friend's house and taking off your jacket, and you're just getting ready to sit down and have a cup of coffee. Mm. Because it's just it's that level of comfort that you impart there. And mm. I love to sing high. 
Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite things to do because it feels intense and it yeah. feels, yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> but there's an intimacy that comes with singing in that lower register that you can't really get to. And I think that that's what comes across in that first song. Awesome. Well, it's nice to hear you say that, like completely, you know, obviously you had no idea the, the story behind it, but that's, it's really nice hearing that because I, I fought him on it. Like I really thought it should be higher. And um, there were a couple of other songs like that, maybe Dry Ground or one, one other um, like that, where we ended up lowering the key and it, 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 he was, he was right. It felt great, you know. Carried by the current of a heartbeat pulsing. But there's other places like In the Deep, which ironically, you're singing high, you know, yeah. um, because I, I can't sing along with that song. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty high. Uh, I That song, I think um, that's a song that I I love the track so much. I um, I remember that, uh, boy, that song I, I wrote after my dad died and um, I was, you know, I was just in the fresh kind of... Uh, time of that that grief and uh you know if, if you go through something so difficult so painful that you can't even allow yourself to feel the pain yet i don't know if you've mm-hmm. ever gone through something like that where like it hurts so bad to think about it that you 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 avoid it except for at night when you go to sleep and then all those thoughts come um you know rushing in in the quiet yeah. And I remember that I started writing that song at night when I would try to fall asleep and I couldn't get to sleep because of just the the pain not only of losing him but also of what my mom was going through. And um that song, Peace that Passes All Understanding, you know, that kind of that that was like my prayer was that God would hide me in a place where I couldn't feel for a while. Because I just I needed to just be still and to know that he was covering me. Um, in that hiding place, that refuge, you know, all those, those biblical, um, references in Psalms, you know, that David talks about, I related so much to that, to the language when I was going through that, that that time, because you do, you, you cry out to God for those kind of like, you know, that like, I need a hiding place. I just, I just need to hide for a while because I can't even deal right now. I love Psalms and I love how human David is because um, it gives me permission to be that human and to be that hurting and that vulnerable. And that's that song came out of that place of just uh, God. I I just need you to hide me for a while and somewhere in the deep where I can't feel um, anything but almost like a womb. I told Nate I said this song I almost feel like the track needs to sound like what the inside of a womb would feel like mm. for a baby like just um that kind of safety and comfort and 
um, very familiar kinds of um, sounds, you know, to your ears. And and when when he sent me the track, uh, you know, it it went through different it it evolved. But when when he kind of finished it and sent it to me, I remember it was late one night, and I went outside to listen to it in, with headphones, and I. <laughs> sobbed like a baby for like a half hour I listened to it over and over and over and just sobbed at how he had just nailed it in terms of what I heard from my soul like when I wrote those lyrics in the middle of the night not being able to sleep the track he created around that song was absolutely perfection with what I imagined it to be you know kind of pull things um, full circle, I want to remind people that the album is Unpassed Waters and Undreamed Shores, released December 16th. There's a lot of other things that I could talk about, but because I want to make sure that this actually is released in a timely manner, I'm going to cut myself off. I'm going to ask <laughs> you, um, I, I told you I would ask you two questions to wrap up. I'm going to just, I'm going to ask you one and I'll save the other one for another interview. Um, so this is a quick one. Um, guilty pleasure that uh, whether it's a book, uh, TV show, movie, something, <laughs> uh, music that you've experienced in the last uh, couple of months that brings a stupid smile to your face. <laughs> well, um, a moose munch with dark chocolate. I don't know if you know what moose munch is. Yeah, Harry my... and David. Oh man, moose munch with dark chocolate. Like it is my crack cocaine. I got to just say that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, that would be that. And then, and then, um, TV show wise, I mean, I, I got to tell you something, Joe, and I feel like you might have to cut this out of the interview because I feel like it's just going to, people are just going to be like, what, how can you even, I watch, I watch the walking dead and I'm a fan of that show, the walking dead. Um, it is most definitely my guilty pleasure and, and guilty because it's just, it's so horrible. Like as far as like the violence and the, you know, everything is you know, it's from comic books. So it's like, there's a lot of graphic violence and it's not even my type of show. Like I'm your Downton Abbey poster child. I'm all about the <laughs> British chick flick type, you know? Um, but something about walking dead just pulled me in in the first season and I've been watching it ever since. And, and it comes in on Sunday nights and a lot of times I'm out doing ministry and music on Sunday mornings and so it's just this odd juxtaposition of just like you know the beautiful and the holy and the I feel completely in my flow and doing what I'm supposed to be doing you know and and, and singing and these songs about the Lord and then I I come home and then I, I just like crash and burn and watch Walking Dead on TV so I don't know what that <laughs> says about me <laughs> I think I think that's great I you know that I don't think there's no way I'm cutting that out. That's fine. You know, <laughs> if there's, uh, there's certainly a lot of other things that you could have shared that I would have gone, Oh, gracious, Stacy, no way. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> no, <so. laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, I've watched two episodes, mm -hmm. but I always watched it on the treadmill and it, it got my heart rate up to the point where I thought I was <laughs> going to have a heart attack. So I don't watch that show anymore, but I'm glad that you enjoy it. And I'm glad that it's a nice release for you 
after a day of peace. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. I don't Go know. Go figure. <laughs> Gosh, I love talking to you and I know that we could talk all evening, but again, I want to make sure this gets out and uh, people are aware of it. Um, so one more time for folks, the, the album is Unpathed Waters, Undreamed Shores. I love it. It comes out December 16th. Definitely something that you should um, consider the download. If you're a, um, the, on the Kickstarter, you're already going to get it. And you, well, you probably already got the download, Yeah. but you, but you love it too. Make sure you share on social media and share with folks and we'll make sure that we share about it as well. But, um, boy, it's great talking to you again. Oh, good. Good to talk to you too, Joe. (laughs) It's just just as disingenuous as it could be. (laughs) Frequency.fm is a podcast featuring Christian artists, authors, creatives, and experts. For more music reviews, book reviews, and articles, please visit us at Frequency.fm.